Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Welcome back to our series, Filter. I hope you're enjoying this series as much as I am as we're going through and looking at some of the filters that God gives us because we live in a world that's trying to pollute us and God wants to bring purity into our lives. And so this is a, a series where we're looking at different filters like prayer and worship and study of the word and all these different types of things. And so I, once again, hope you're enjoying this series as much as I am. So here's what I want to do. Before we jump off into that, I can just jump into that and roll. But I want to take a moment and welcome any guests that we have here today. It's good to have you with us today. Uh, my name is Jay. My wife, Stacey, and I are the pastors here at Journey. And it's just a blessing for us to have you with us today. And then also want to take a moment to greet all of those who are joining us right now online. Uh, they've tuned in to be a part of this service live. Journey Church, can we give them a great big Journey Church welcome? Come on, give it up for them. And you may have pulled up this morning and said, what is going on with the police, you know, vehicles and the helicopter and the uh, police dog and the fire truck? What's, what's going on at the church? What did Pastor Jay do, you know? Uh, it actually is hero day. Pastor Kelly and his team and Miss Casey, they always do a great job. Of every year they, they honor our local heroes, our law enforcement, firemen and women and our, our EMS and all that. And so that's what's going on out there. They, they've got a helicopter out there and are giving free rides to the kids right now. No, I'm just kidding. They're not really doing that, okay? You're like, some parents jump up and run out. No. Uh, but seriously, it, it's good to have uh, a lot of our local law enforcement and uh, firemen and women with us. Uh, appreciate them so much. I want to tell you guys about something before we move into the message. Uh, we actually, if you've been around Journey any length of time, as we get into December, we receive uh, two weeks over two Sundays what we call our legacy offering. And last year, the legacy offering paid for a royal family kids camp. Uh, we sent about 30 kids that are foster children and actively in the foster system. Uh, we hosted a camp for them, and it was absolutely amazing. Uh, they were able to hear about Jesus. They got just to have that camp experience that so many of us have those memories at camp. And you guys actually invested in, and paid in that. And then also last year gave towards building of another care point in Belize. Uh, we actually have a heart to build a care point, uh, a second one in the Port Leola district in Belize City. Uh, well, here's what happened. Uh, last year, whenever we, we have probably, I guess, about $20,000 out of that offering that was set aside for uh, that care point, and as oftentimes what happens in a foreign nation, whenever you want to move forward with different things, sometimes they have a piece of property and they got to talk to this person, talk to that person, and this, that, and the other. doesn't quite work out the way that you thought, and so that project actually got put on hold, and those funds are still actually in an account. Well, here's the thing. I've been talking with Children's Cup over the last several months. This whole past year, we've been in communication with them about this care point and uh, actually got notification this past week and finalized it yesterday. The piece of property that we originally wanted, which is a tremendous piece of property, and that care point is booming. They're feeding kids like crazy there. Uh, that piece of property actually has come available, and I gave them the green light yesterday to go ahead and purchase that property and finalize it, and we probably will be closed on that piece of property within about the next two, maybe three months at the longest, and so we can move forward with our new care point there in Port Leola. And so that will actually be our second care point that as a church, we have built. Isn't that exciting? Now, here... 
Here's why I'm sharing that with you today. We just finalized this yesterday. I was waiting on the information that I got yesterday. Here's why I'm sharing that with you today is because we don't quite have enough funds to complete that care point. And so the legacy offering that we're going to receive this year, well, actually, we will receive it on December the 8th and the 15th. And we ask every uh, buddy who's a part of the Journey Church family to pray and just ask the Lord how would he would have you participate. We do this once a year, and it's actually funds that we direct towards missions or different projects that we have going on with outreach and things like that. And uh, this is really cool. Uh, I wanted to share this with you today because we actually decided the care point uh, that we had uh, built in Collett District there uh, in Belize. We actually named after uh, Maisie Belgard. There was tragedy within that family, and that is a care point that we dedicated to her and have watched kids come in there and be taken care of in, by just hundreds and hundreds. And so this one, most of you here in the church know the Strahan family, uh, and little Ethan uh, stepped into heaven about a year and a half ago. And so what we've decided to do with this care point in the Port Laola district, we want to dedicate this care point to Ethan Strahan. And so this care point actually... Ethan loved to give out hugs. He loved to make kids smile. And that care point is going to make a lot of kids smile. And so uh, we actually, that's one portion that we're going to fund. And the next one, there's a young couple, Aaron and Stephanie Domajo, that have uh, a, a mission in Kenya. And as a church, we are starting to support them in January. We've known them for many years, have watched what they're doing over in Kenya, and love them very, very dearly. And uh, they're raising funds to be able to have a missions vehicle there. And we want some of those funds to be able to go to that mission vehicle as well as they are actually in the process of raising funds for a van to be able to transport people and goods and things like that. And so the legacy offering is there. Actually, we want to be a blessing, not only here in Central, we want to be a blessing all around the world. Amen? So look at your neighbor say, it is good to be the hands and feet of Jesus. All right. Now, we're in this series uh, called Filter, and last week I've kind of split up the different messages that I've done Last week actually began the, the message speaking about the Bible. How do we take God's Word and study it? How do we have greater understanding of the Word of God? And we started last week, and I gave some very practical things that we, we related to. And today I want today's message, as we wrap up the portion on the Bible, I want it to be just kind of a practical thing. And, and so the reason for that is because a lot of people, whenever it comes to studying the Bible, they get grand aspirations. They say, you know, I'm going to read the Bible. It's going to be amazing. 2020, 2019, 20 whatever is my year. I'm going to read through the Bible, and it's going to be a great year. And they get started, and about two chapters in, they're like, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand this, and they quit, okay? And so for many of us in this room, we have battled that within our lives. And so here's what I want to help all of us understand. The Bible is something that we can take and read and absorb and make it a part of our daily life. The greatest way to study and read the Bible is to actually have a plan to study and read the Bible, okay? And so that's why today, as we get towards the latter part of the message, I want to share some things with you. I'm going to share three things. Everybody hold up three fingers and wiggle them just like this. 
three things with all of you that will relate into our daily Bible study and how we begin to have a greater understanding of the Word of God. You might say, well, why is this so important, Pastor Jay? Well, Hebrews 4.12 is a great passage of Scripture, and the writer reminds us, for the Word of God is alive and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword, and it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Now, what that means to us is this, is that the Word of God can get into every single area of our life. It doesn't matter how tightly concealed you might think that there is something within your life, the Word of God can wiggle its way in there and begin to change and bring conviction and actually begin to bring transformation into our lives. Here it is, as we allow it to. And so what I like about this is we might have different thoughts, we might have different attitudes and say, well, this is okay and that's okay, but whenever we take it and relate it to God's Word, that is whenever it begins to rightly divide those attitudes and thoughts within our heart. It begins to rightly judge the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. And so the Word of God is powerful. It's active. It is alive. And we have to be able to guard our heart because what happens is this. We can get to the place where we become kind of numb to the Word of God. We can kind of get to the place where we get, our heart gets a little callous to the Word of God. And the Bible actually, it's a light. It will expose things within our life. It will change things within our life. It'll clean us up. It'll guide us. And it is so useful for us. And that's the very reason why God actually gave it to us. It's a gift for all of us. And you get into what Paul is actually telling his friend Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. He says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped. Everybody say equipped. May be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It is something that God brings into our life and gives to us as a gift to be able to equip us to stand up against the different things that we are going to face in this world. And our spiritual growth is determined, you know, as we go through life, it's actually determined by how open our heart is to the Word of God. Are are we open to the Word? Are we open to it actually changing us? Or are we kind of closed off to it? Like, you know what? I, I read the Bible one time, like, 10 years ago, and I haven't looked at it since then, here's what we need to do. We need to make God's Word a daily part of our life and allow it to be something that leads us and guides us and directs us. And so it means that our heart has to be open. Everybody say open. Open to the Word of God. Now, here's the reason for that, because all of us go through different seasons of life. And we're going to face different things as we go through and we mature and things change. And, and a lot of you who may be kind of in the age bracket of me and Stacey, you, you kind of understand this because you understand that the way that you approach life now is a little different than maybe when you were 20 years old or you had a newborn baby or something like that. Seasons change and life changes a little bit. Anybody hearing me on this? It's a fact. It really does. It's kind of like this. Whenever we were first married and didn't have any kids, you know, life was different. Then we started having kids, and and man, we start praying for these kids and pouring into these kids. Then we have teenagers, and the next thing you know, our prayer life, man, let me tell you what, it grew big time. It goes to a whole nother level. And then the kids get older and they start leaving the nest, and you're like, woohoo! Well, I was not Stacy, but then you realize they don't ever really leave, okay? 
they're, they're going to be around for the rest of their lives, okay? And, and you begin to understand there's just different seasons of life. And the word means different things to you in those different seasons of life. I, I thought, I shared this with the first service, back whenever I was a kid, uh, we grew up in the country and we had a lot of vegetables that we ate because we always had gardens, and one of the things, and I, I didn't really look forward to this, whenever I would watch my mom, if she walked into the house and she had, well, in, in the country we call it a mess, she had a big old mess of mustard greens. And uh, I remember whenever she would walk in with a big old mess of mustard greens, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a terrible day. Because <laughs> she would cook those mustard greens, and I'm telling you, as a kid, that was the worst thing that you could ever imagine that you would have to eat. It's like literally in my mind, she went into the woods, picked a bunch of weeds and brought it into the house and cooked it. <laughs> and I'm like, this is horrible. And, and, and I remember I'm sitting there and there was this battle between me and my mom. She would say, you're going to clean your plate before you get up from this table. And I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> and guess what? In those days when your mama said, you ain't getting up till you clean your plate, she meant it, Okay. And I'd sit there sometimes 24, 48 hours. No, I'm just kidding. Not there. <laughs> but it was awful. Well, now, whenever I get a, a mess of mustard greens, guess what? I love them. They are absolutely delicious. What changed? My taste changed. I matured in my taste. And here's the thing is we move forward in life and we go through different seasons and we are maturing in our relationship and our walk with God. Our taste for the word of God should change. There should be a greater hunger and desire and drive for the word of God within our life as we mature in our relationship with God. And so today, uh, what I want to do is, is we, before we get into the practical side, I want to kind of give you a, a little bit different thought about the Word of God in regards to how we respect and honor the Word of God. Because if you were here last week, you heard me talk about things like the Bible actually is not one book. It's actually 66 different books contained inside of one cover. It's kind of the greatest way to look at this. It's kind of like a library. It's like whenever you have your Bible with you, you actually have a library with you. It was written by 40 different authors over with, with all different, they came from all different types of backgrounds and all kinds of stuff. But what I like about the Bible is you get into it, it relates to every part of life. Now, last week we looked at things like different sections of the Old New Testament. We talked about the Pentateuch. But you take the Bible, and if you want to learn a little bit of Greek today, the word Bible, biblio in the Greek, actually whenever you get into it, it simply means the book, okay? And so when you have your Bible, you have the book. Everybody say, the book. This is the book that will literally change your life. This is the book that literally will bring life to your life. And so the Bible, whenever you get into it, you see that it actually has elements a science, it has his, uh, elements of history, but it's not solely a book of history or science. And that is one of the reasons why scientists and historians try to pick it apart. They go after the Bible with everything that they have because it's not a book of history or science. There's elements of it in there, but they try to contradict it. They try to pick it apart and tear it up. And one of the biggest arguments that a lot of skeptics of the Bible actually have is the documentation of the Bible. Because the earliest manuscripts that they have are actually had of the Old Testament were dated 900 years after Christ. And so you begin to look at manuscripts like that. And a lot of people begin to argue that the Old Testament was actually just verbal tradition 
which was handed down from generation to generation. And a lot of you, what I'm about to talk about, a lot of you probably will, will have heard of this before. In 1947, there was a tremendous discovery that took place. Uh, they discovered something called the Dead Sea Scrolls. And what was really cool about this, they discovered an, a manuscript of the Old Testament books, every book of the Old Testament except for the book of Esther. And here's what's really cool about this. You get into it, these manuscripts were actually dated 100 B.C. In other words, 100 years prior to Christ, these manuscripts were dated. And when they took the two sets of manuscripts they had, one 900 years, 100 years before Christ, there was a thousand year difference between the two sets of manuscripts. And whenever they took them, they compared them, even though they had been penned a thousand years apart, there was only about a 3% discrepancy between the two sets of manuscripts. And those discrepancies that they had were actually just uh, things like cities, things like the names of individuals and whatnot. So no actual content, no actual text. And here's the thought that I have when you think about this. How is it that something that was written, two man sets of manuscripts written a thousand years apart from each other, how can they be so accurate to one another? And the reason why they can be so accurate to one another is because of the respect that the scribes, the ones who were writing it out, uh, they actually had for the text. They honored the Word of God. They had tremendous respect for the Word of God. And what that tells me in my life is that I need to have an honor and respect for the Word of God. It needs to be something that I treasure and I value, something that I actually look forward to having within my life, and I actually take it and feed on it because when you think about the reverence that they had for the word of God we as the body of Christ we don't need to allow secular people or secular culture come in and try to pull the desire for God's word away from us okay so here's the thing you get into things like this week does anybody know what's going on this Thursday Thanksgiving Turkey day, pie, mm-hmm, grandma's cornbread dressing, woo-hoo, okay? Now, real quick, how many of you are looking forward to Thanksgiving? Raise your hand, okay? What are you looking forward to in Thanksgiving? Oh, food, yeah. Yeah, we get to eat, and then we get to take a little 15-minute nap, then we need to go back and eat some more, Okay? And, and then you get some pie. What's your favorite kind of pie? Pecan. Who says pecan? Who says apple? Who says pumpkin? Got some pumpkin people in here, okay. That's the thing. Hey, look, after Thanksgiving lunch, we look like a bunch of pumpkins. I'm just saying, all right? But we look forward to that day. Now, Thanksgiving just happens to be my favorite holiday. The reason for it is, first of all, I love to have my family together. And it's not just, just Stacy and I and, and the boys and Livy and all this. It's my mom and dad come in, my aunt and uncle come in. We get, we get the whole family together. And I just love having the family together. Then the, the food. Yeah, I like the food now. Y'all look at me and say, we know you like the food, Pastor Jay. Turkey and uh, cornbread dressing and, and sweet potatoes and pie and all this kind of stuff. I love it because there's a lot of tradition within the recipes that we cook those things and everybody comes together and enjoys that meal. And so we think of the, the family, we think of food. Then I also think of the faith that is associated with Thanksgiving. 
Now, you say, well, what do you mean by that, Pastor Jay? One of my favorite things about Thanksgiving, we come together. My dad, he's 86 years old, 86, 83. Ooh, don't tell him I said that. Hope he's not watching on the live stream. Uh, He's 83. I love to hear my dad pray at Thanksgiving time. Uh, the authority and the power by which he prays. And we talk about, as a family, what we're thankful for, the things that God has done within our life. You say, well, what does all this have to do with the Word of God? I look forward to Thanksgiving. I cannot wait for it to get here this Thursday because I love it, and I cannot wait to spend time with the family and the t- all the food and, and talking about the, the Word of God and, and the things we're thankful for. The way that I look forward to that day I should look forward to getting into the Word of God every single day for my life. There needs to be that level of excitement. God, I cannot wait to get into your Word, to study, to feed, to ingest the things that you have for me so that you can change me and work on me and convict me and shape me to be exactly who you want me to be. The type of excitement that we have for things on this earth, there's nothing wrong with that. I love Thanksgiving. It's a great day, but... We should have that type of excitement and hunger and drive for the things of God within our life every single day. Amen? Amen. So here's the thing. You get into Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, and you read things like when Jesus said, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Well, how do we build our life on the Word of God? How do we have that wisdom? You're talking about having that hunger and drive for the things of God. Well, how do I build my life on the Word? Well, here's where we get into the practical side of this. Because we want the Word of God to be a foundation for our whole life. And if it's going to be a foundation for our whole life, there has to be three things that come into practice when we look at God's Word and we study God's Word. And the first thing is this, if it's going to be a foundation for our life and we want to gain wisdom from the word, the first thing that has to happen is we learn from by the way that we hear the word of God. Now you might say, well, what do you mean when you hear the word of God? Well, here's the question I have for everybody in here. When you hear the word of God, how ready is your heart to receive what God has for you? Are you reading the word of God with an open and receptive heart? Or, hear me on this, are you just reading the Word of God as like a chore that you're checking off your list? Well, I did my Bible reading for the day. Check. Now I can move on. Here's the thing. We're not going to get very much of anything out of the Word of God if we don't have a heart that is open and ready to hear what God wants to speak to us through the Word of God. It's kind of, think of it like this. Have you ever gotten to a disagreement with somebody and they're, they're, you're, you're worked up and they're trying to tell you something and you're not hearing anything they say? Yeah. Stacy and I, we've had disagreements before. And uh, I admit sometimes I can be a little difficult. I know that's hard for y'all to believe, but it's true. And, and sometimes whenever we have disagreements about something, I'm not necessarily hearing what she's saying. I'm thinking of my response to what she's saying. Uh, When I do counseling, I call that selfish listening. Uh, I'm actually a human being, so I've I've done that before. Uh, And so here's what happens in that moment. 
my heart really isn't open to hearing my wife because I'm thinking of the response that I want to give back to her. And she says something like this. She says, you're not hearing what I'm telling you. And I'm like, what? (laughs) But do we go into studying the word of God in that way? Where our heart is kind of closed off and we're just trying to get through it. You know, I'm power reading. I'm going to read six chapters today and get through this. And we're just thinking of it as a chore to check off my list so that I can get my quiet time done. And we approach the word of God in that way where God's saying, hey, you're not hearing me. I want to say this to you. I want to change this in you. I want to convict this in your life through what I'm trying to show you today in the word And our heart is closed off to it. So if our life is going to be built on the foundation of the wisdom of God's word, the first thing is we've got to approach the word of God and understand that we grow by the way we hear the word of God. And so is our heart actually open to hear the things that God wants to speak to us? James addresses this. In James chapter 1 verse 19, a couple of verses of scripture, he says, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen everybody say listen slow to speak slow to become angry for man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word of God planted in you which can save you and so the question is this we need to make sure or actually rather statement is this we need to make sure the time that we are listening to God's word, that our heart is actually open to the things that he wants to speak to us, about the things that he wants to change within our life. You get into the word of God and you see all these principles regarding uh, living for him and righteous living and being obedient, all these types of things. And then you go into the word and you see that we need to have an honor and respect towards the institution of marriage. That, that we need to have a heart to say, you know what, God, if you want to change this within my life where I honor the institution of marriage and I say no to sexual immorality, I say no to, the, to drunkenness, I say no to filth pouring out of my mouth and all of these things, that's not based on my opinion attitude. God, that's based on what you're telling me here in your word that we actually just read in James chapter 1. And so you get into different passages within the Bible, and if your heart is open to hear what God wants to speak to you, then he can begin to change your life. Everybody say change. So if you want it to be a foundation for your life, it has to come first of all by the way you hear it, and is our hearts open to actually hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us through the word. Here's the next one. If it's going to be a foundation for your life and you want wisdom for your life, the next thing is we talk about how we hear it, but how about this, by the way, we see the Word of God. Now, let me read this to you. You get back into the book of James. We read through this, and we're going to continue on in looking at this text. He says this. He says, do not merely listen to the Word. You don't want to just hear the Word, but look at this. And so deceive yourselves, but look at what it says after that. Do what it says. In other words, you want to hear the voice of God, but then you got to be obedient to the voice of God, right? What if your kids hear you tell them something, but they're not obedient to you? Does that make you happy? No. You're going to be like, hey, listen, uh, you know, you better listen to what I'm telling you. Otherwise, there are going to be consequences. He says, James says here, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror 
and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, look at the next three words, but doing it, they will be, what is the word? Blessed in what they do. A lot of people wonder, why am I not blessed? Well, here's my question for you. Are you hearing the word of God, but not actually doing what God's word says? Okay? You can't expect to be blessed. Well, God's word gives me this promise. Well, that's great. His word gives you this promise, but you actually got to do what it says to experience those blessings in your life. Don't just be a hearer of the word, be a doer of the word as well. And when we think about the way that we see the word of God, is there a passion in our heart to study God's word and actually to live God's word? Now, here, here's where we go with that. Uh, I remember whenever I was in high school, I had my class schedule. And whenever I would get my class schedule, there were actually classes that I loved and classes I hated. Okay? And, and here's what that looked like. I remember, my, I think it was my sophomore year of high school, and I got my class schedule, and there was a teacher that I wanted because I love this teacher. He's a great teacher. And I'm like, if anybody can help me understand this subject, it's this guy. But guess what? Even in all of his wisdom and knowledge, he really could not help me understand this subject. And the reason why is because my approach to it, I actually hated this subject, and it was math. Now, is there anybody else in this room who you, you despise math in high school, okay? Okay? Is there anybody in this room who loved math? Okay. We're going to pray for you after service. <laughs> Come to the front right here, lay hands on you, pray over you. I, I couldn't stand math. And, and I think, honestly, a lot of the issue that I had in not understanding was the approach that I took towards it. And here was the approach. I absolutely hate math. I cannot stand math. I deplore being in this classroom, okay? Well, who's going to learn with an attitude like that? Am I right? Okay? But there was a subject that I absolutely loved and thrived in. It, it was uh, history. Any other history buffs in here? Okay? I loved history, look forward to world history, geography, Louisiana history. All those classes, I passed them with flying colors, and I loved them. And I look forward to those classes and could not wait to go hear what the teacher had to teach us, this, the reading and study assignments that we had, because I just love history. Still do. Still love history to this day. But you see the different approaches to the different subjects. Of course I'm going to learn in history and make good grades because my approach and my attitude was right versus math. This is the devil's subject, and I don't want to learn it, okay? <laughs> so how do we approach God's word? Are we approaching God's word like, uh, I got to read the Bible. Uh, Pastor Jay told me to. Or are we approaching it like, man, I get to read the word of God. I get to study this and absorb it into my life. And through this, God brings me life. And as I'm obedient to his word, he blesses me. He leads me and guides me through the Holy Spirit at work within me. And so as we study the Word of God, if it's going to be the foundation for wisdom within our lives, it's going to be based off the approach of how we see it, how we hear it, 
and what's within our heart regarding it. Here's another thought as well. God, when you, when you are preparing to study, you need to approach with a, with a prayerful attitude of, okay, God, I want my heart fully open to everything that you have for me. It is amazing to me that as believers, so many times we approach God so closed off to different things. Well, okay, God, you can deal with this and this, but don't touch that, okay? We need to allow God access to every part of our lives. And we got to quit expecting God to bless us and lead us and speak to us and pour his favor out over our lives if we're not going to be obedient to what he tells us through this, okay? And, and so if we want to walk in those blessings, those blessings come from obedience. Everybody say obedience. So, and here's where we wrap this up. Uh, the way we see, the way we hear, and it goes hand in hand with what I was just talking about. If it's going to be a foundation, it also has to be by the way we live it. Are we actually living the word of God? And here's what I'm going to tell you. Knowing the word of God and living the word of God are two different things. You can know all about the word of God. If you were here last week, we looked at the different religious leaders in the land who knew the word of God through and through. And Jesus looked at them and said, you are a bunch of hypocrites. You look great on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of deadness. Okay? So here's the thing. Knowing the word of God and living it is two different things. And we need to, as the body of Christ, we need to live our lives according to what he tells us through the word on a daily basis. Now, get this. Our human nature is to live by the world's standards. And guess what? The world's standards are low standards. The world's standards are bottom of the barrel. Because the world doesn't have much force. Oh, it'll tell us it's got all kinds of great things for us, but then it'll destroy our life. Okay? But here's the thing. Our human nature wants us to live by the world's standards. But if our life is going to be built on God's word, we need to understand the standard of his word is absolutely amazing for all of us. And we need to live our lives by it daily. God reminds us that if we want to be blessed, walk out as the purpose that he has for our lives and to be a great witness for him in this world, we have to be, here it is again, obedient to what his word says. Everybody say, obey. obey. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus 14, 23, in the book of John, he said, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Everybody say, obey. obey. That's what it's found in. If we love Jesus... We're going to be obedient to what he says. You can say a whole lot of stuff. Oh, I love Jesus. But it shows in our lifestyle. Pastor, that's hard preaching. No, that's truthful and loving preaching right there. Okay? We can say all kinds of stuff. But it shows every day in our daily life. Our attitude. What comes out of our mouth. The lifestyle that we live. Let's not make the world scratch your head and say, well, wait a minute, I thought you were a Christian. Why are you doing that? Okay? Because we need to live our lives according to what the Word of God says. And if we're going to put God's Word in our hearts, let's discipline ourselves to live it and let it show in our actions, our speech, our attitude. It needs to be what changes us and shapes us every single day of our life. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to take a moment. I want everybody in this room just close your eyes. Because we're talking about it changing us, talking about it shaping us, talking about God's word working on us. And so many times we know the word of God, but are we putting it into practice? Are we putting it into action within our lives? Too many times we have sin in our life that he deals with in the word. 
And instead of repenting of it and getting it out of our life, we just justify it and make excuses for it and leave it there. Too many times we allow our emotions and our attitude to lead us instead of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Presence and Spirit of God leading us. And if we're going to represent Jesus, we need to be of the mindset of, God, I want you to lead me and direct me, and I want to make a difference for you in this world. And so today, every eye closed, every head bowed, nobody looking around, nobody peeking. You be real with God right where you are right now. And how many of you in this room, with every eye closed, would say, Pastor Jay, there are things in my life that I need God to change? Raise your hand. Hands down. I love it. Because I think all of us realize that there's things that need to change. Then here's the next question, the follow-up question. How many of you are willing to allow God to change you and then as he changes you to begin to discipline your life to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and direct you and to represent him in a greater way every day who says yes to that raise your hand I love it put your hands down and for some of you in this room right now the first step for you is surrender to Christ Maybe you've had the look of Christianity. Maybe you've had the look of religion. But in all honesty, it's not there. You're just going through the motions. And today, you need to make the decision and the choice to surrender your life to Jesus. He went to the cross for you. He paid the price for your sin so that you can be forgiven. So that you genuinely could step into a relationship with, with God. And today, you need to say yes to that. Today, you need him to transform you and to take that guilt and the shame and all that junk off of your life. And here it is again, to change you. See, Christianity is about change. It's not staying where you were in the junk of the world. It's about putting on the robe of righteousness of Jesus Christ. doesn't mean you're perfect but it means you're moving forward with the presence of God leading you and directing you because you serve a perfect Savior. And so today, would you say yes to that? Pastor Jay, I need to surrender my life to Jesus for the first time. There's some of you in here who need to recommit your life to Christ. Pastor, I, I had a relationship with Jesus, but today I need to get my heart right with him all over again. Here's what I want you to do. Every eye closed, don't peek. This is between you and the Lord. But if you say, that's me, I want, I, right now, I say yes to that. Then raise your hand, wherever you are right now. Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. I love it. I love it. Hands down. And here's what I want you to do right where you are. You cry out to the Lord. Here, I'll give you the words. You talk to him right where you are. And it should look something, something like this. Jesus, thank you for for the love that you have for me. That you would go to the cross for me. Now that's love. You took my shame. You took my guilt. You took my pain. You took my rejection. You took my sin. You took all that, Jesus. And you paid the price for me at the cross. Today, by faith, I receive what you did. Jesus, today, 
I ask for your forgiveness. I'm a sinner. Today I repent for the things in my life. That means I'm turning away from those things, Jesus, and I'm turning to you. Then I ask for your forgiveness. By your precious blood, today make me brand new. I surrender to you. And Jesus, I ask you to come live in my heart. Take up residency inside of me. Take my life over, Jesus. Today, I want you to be my Savior, but today I declare, I confess that you are Lord and Master of my life. Now, I'll never be the same. According to what your word says, I'm born again. I'm changed. And I thank you for letting me step into your family. Every eye still closed in this room. I want to pray over every one of you who raised your hand earlier about change. And here's what I want us to do. I want us to stand. Everybody stand to your feet. Don't leave. I'm not, but stand. And I want you to just kind of take your hands and just kind of hold them out in front of you like this. Like I'm handing you something. Just like this. And let me just pray over you. Father, I thank you for every person here today. They're not here by mistake or accident. You truly purpose for every person to be in this room today to hear this message. And Father, we talk about your word today and how powerful it is. It is alive. It is active. It changes. It shapes. It transforms. And today I lift up every person before you here, myself included. And I pray that our hearts would be open to the word of God. That as we read it, Lord God, it would come alive to all of us. There would be a new, Lord, just a, a heart's desire, a change within us, a hunger, a drive, a thirst to get into your Bible and to study and to read what you have for us, Lord God. Because we don't want to stay the same. We want to change. Everybody say change. We want to change to be more like you. We don't want to be hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word, Lord God. And let us call sin what it is. Let us repent of it. Let us lay it down, Lord God. And let us be led through your Holy Spirit to walk in the righteousness that you have for all of our lives. And Father, I thank you that today this passion is it sparked within us, Lord God. That we will keep our eyes and our heart focused on you. We, we live in a world who's trying to pull us away from you. But Father, I thank you that we will have a heart and eyes that will stay focused on you. In Jesus' name. What's everybody say together? Now, before we move on in the service, don't, don't leave. I know that the inclination is to rush to your vehicles. Hang tight just for a second. You talk about studying the Word of God. Last week I shared some practical things with you, like get a good Bible, good translation. Get a study Bible. Go into uh, different sites like uh, blueletterbible.com, biblegateway.com, different things like that. Download version on your phone. Tons of resources in there. Probably one of the most practical resources that I can direct you towards as your pastor about having a hunger and thirst for word of God's Word is exactly what we put in your hands every three months, this right here. And the reason why I, I, I bring this out is because this little devotional book is dated. This little devotional book gives you a snippet of the Word every single day. 
and it gives you a message that's so relevant. I don't know about you, but I, the days that I pull it out, I'm like, man, God, how, how, how did the writers know? That's what I'm facing today, and I'm reading that, and it's like, wow. Well, the writers didn't know, but the Holy Spirit sure did. And so this is one of the reasons why these are so valuable. There are tons of resources in there. There's a one-year Bible reading plan in here. There's resources at the front that will walk you through the different abbreviations of the Bible. There, there's all types of resources that are available to you, and we give these out every quarter absolutely free. Everybody say free. free. Say it like this, free. free. We give them out for free. So they're supposed to go out next week. I actually pulled them out, and they're at the Welcome Center, and they'll be having these uh, for you as you leave out. Take this home. Study the Word of God. Put it in your heart and let it bring change. Everybody say change. Let it bring change to your life. So let's give the Lord a good hand clap.